0: Thank you for downloading this sermon brought to you by the Preaching Ministry of Liberty Baptist Church of Las Vegas, Nevada, Dr. David Tice. For more sermons in both audio and video format, we encourage you to visit experienceliberty.com. Also, for a word of encouragement, insight, and biblical inspiration, follow Pastor David Tice's blog at davidtice.com. So without further ado, let's open our hearts to the Word of God. Zacharias was the father of a very famous man. His name was John the Baptist. He wasn't known as John the Baptist at first. He was just known as John. In fact, Zacharias didn't even know that he was going to name his son John. In fact, Zacharias didn't even know that he was going to have a son. In fact, Elizabeth thought she was beyond childbearing years. In fact, they never expected to have a child. But Zacharias one day, as a worker in the temple, as a priest in the temple, it was his turn to go into the temple, his turn to honor God. And when he went in to do his priestly duties in Luke chapter 1, when he went in to do his priestly duties, an angel appeared to him. He is shocked that an angel appears to him. And when that angel appears to him, he announces not the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, but he announces to him that he is going. To, his wife is going to have a baby. He is so shocked when he hears this announcement. He says, "How can this be? We're we're beyond the age. We're old people. They were probably like sixty. Uh, they were old, and they were they were beyond childbearing years." And and and, and he he questions. And because of that, because of that. Uh, the angel identifies himself. He said, I am Gabriel. I stand before God and I'm here to tell you what he had to say and you don't believe it? Because of your lack of belief, you're not going to talk for the next nine months. You're, your wife is going to get pregnant and then you're not going to talk until that baby is born just, to be, just so you'll know that, it is, that, it was, that it's not good to question God. And so he comes out of the temple, he can't even talk, and, uh, and uh, everybody's uh, astounded. Several months later, uh, we don't know how many months, because we don't know exactly when Elizabeth got pregnant, uh, the baby is born. And when the baby's born, they say to Elizabeth, are we going to name him Zacharias II? You know, is this Junior? And they said, no, no. And she said, no, we're going to name him John. And they said, why? Name him John. Why are you naming him John? And uh, there's nobody in your heritage whose name is John. And, and they go to Zacharias, who cannot talk, and they, they say, Zacharias, uh, Zacharias uh, what do you want to name this child? And Zacharias says, gives, gets a, a, a piece of paper and a pencil not exactly like our pencil was but uh... and he writes out the name his name shall be called john and they're all astonished and then for the first time in months uh... zacharias begins to talk and they all say wow this must be of god well it was of god god was announcing to zacharias the birth of the one who would announce the coming of the messiah and that would be john the baptist now it's a very interesting story in luke chapter uh... in luke chapter one I want to lift out a little bit of that story as we talk tonight about what it means to be filled with the Holy Ghost. In, in Luke chapter 1 and verse uh, 13, the Bible says this: But the angel said unto him, unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. Obviously, Zacharias had been praying. Seeking God's face and actually praying, even though it was an unbelievable thing to him that God would answer his prayer, he was praying that God would give him a child. Because the angel says, Your prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. This is going to cause great joy. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. Interesting that God said that this great man that's going to come, Jesus later on said he was the greatest man that ever lived. He did not drink wine nor strong drink. That might help you if you're wondering about, a, about some things you might want to get out of your life. He, he, he would neither drink wine nor strong drink. He shall be, now listen to these words, he shall be filled with, The Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb, and many of the children of Israel shall be turned to the Lord their God. Look at verse 15 again. It says, very interesting statement, very significant statement. He shall be filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Now, why is that important? Well, that's what we're going to look at tonight. Before we do, let's pray. Father, I pray that you'll teach us uh, this evening some truth about being filled with, with your Holy Spirit, controlled by your Holy Spirit. I pray that you'll help me to communicate uh, the truth of this very, very important doctrine, and I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a lot of confusion today in our culture, and there has been for many years, for 50, 60 years, about, about what this whole thing about being filled with the holy spirit is in fact as a baptist sometimes you're afraid to even talk about being filled with the holy spirit because when we talk about feeling, being filled with the spirit if you go on tv or radio or whatever you're going to hear people talking about the fact you have to have some weird experience you're going to do flip-flops in the aisle you're going to do you're going to speak in some unknown language you're going to do uh, all sorts of just weird things so filling the holy spirit was was some strange deal but that's not what the filling of the holy spirit is all about In fact, we're going to look at what this filling of the Holy Spirit is all about, and we're going to look at what the Word of God says specifically about it. I want you to note here that that the Bible says about John that he would be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. That means the Holy Spirit was going to be inside of him, but not just inside of him. The Holy Spirit was going to control him. The word fill, to be filled with the Spirit, is equated with being controlled by the Word of God, being controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not an it. He's not a feeling. He's not a a sensation. He is the third person of the Trinity. There is God the Father, there is God the Son, and there is God the Holy Spirit. When Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 16, he said when he, the Holy Spirit, shall come, he shall guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but he shall speak of me. He is a person, and and uh, and he 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 is someone who wants to have control of your life. Now, this past Sunday, uh, as we talked about living the way God wants us to live, I gave you a list of things that are right there in the uh, in the. Uh, Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gave. Jesus told us to do, and and Jesus just says this is how you should live. So I want to review those with you. Number one, he said we need to be happy. If we're we need to be we need to be happy. We need to remember that we are salt. We need to remember that we are light. This is talking about you as a believer. Now I'm telling you when we start, start listing these things, it can get to seem very difficult because God tells us this is who you are. This is who you're supposed to be. But you know that you're, you're tempted not to be Saul, not to speak truth, not to be light, not to witness. Uh, you're... you're, you're there are times that you are, you are overwhelmed with a spirit of anxiety and worry. Instead of being happy, you, you worry or you fret or you're depressed about things. Yet God says, listen, don't do that. He said, don't fight with your brother and sisters. And yet it's very easy to do that. He said, don't live in lust. He said, don't divorce your spouse. And uh, there, are times, uh, there are times when, you're, when you, you're living with somebody, somebody says, Why? What, is a, what makes a marriage last so long. How come some marriages last a year and a half, and two years, and five years, and others last 50 and 60 years? How does that happen? There's a determination to do what God wants them to do. That's it. And let let me tell you this, that nobody is easy to live with. Now you look at me and you'd think, well, Anna has a really easy time. Uh, I, I know that's what you're thinking, but the truth of the matter is there's nobody perfect and there's nobody that's easy to live with. If you're living with somebody, here's what you're living with. You're living with a sinner. You're living with people who do wrong. Uh, you're living with people that are tough to live with. I, I think particularly of Brenda Berger. I don't know if she's here tonight or not, but she really, oh, there she is right there. Uh, she has a really tough time. It's, there are people that are, there's people that are hard to live with And the people that are hard to live with is everybody. Uh, Every one of us have got difficulties. Every one of us have struggles. And so it doesn't matter who you are. There are times that that uh, and there's a temptation from Satan in our minds that there's something better than this. He uh, but but God says don't divorce your spouse. He says be honest and trustworthy. He tells us in the Sermon on the Mount. This is the beginning message, if you would, that kicks off three years of ministry. He says go the second mile. Uh, when somebody asks you to go so far You go beyond that He says love people unconditionally No matter how they treat you If they're evil to you You be good to them If they curse you You speak well of them well, just, just love people unconditionally Well that's a tough thing to do Don't live for the praise of man Well we all want people to recognize That we accomplished this Or we did that We like it Whether we want to admit it or not I don't care what people think That's the guy who cares more about What people think than anybody else uh, we, we want the praise of man You live to give. No, we have a desire our flesh wants to get. And yet God tells us to live to give. God says to pray uh, and fast. These these are things that are contrary to our nature. It's just not natural for us to walk into a room all by ourselves with nobody else around and talk out loud to God because there's no physical being there. But it's proof that we believe God. God wants us to fast. That means to, to go without eating so your body can learn control. Uh, lay up treasures in heaven don't be living for the things of this earth for recognition, for fame, for, for money don't live for that uh, trust God to supply your needs and start instead of worrying about things all the time just live for the things of heaven and God will supply your needs according to his riches and glory seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to, unto you and the last thing he says is don't be critical of your brothers and sisters now, now those, that's a list that is what God tells you to do that's what God tells me to do. This is how we are supposed to live. But sometimes it's nice. To, you can look at a list and say, yes, that's what I'm going to do. But how do you live that way? How do you live that way? The truth of the matter is, I, I remember Jerry Falwell saying to us when we were in school that being a Christian is not hard. It's humanly impossible. You just can't do what, what you, you just can't live that way by your, by your own self. And, in your own flesh, you just can't do those things. But God wants you to do those things. So how do I accomplish those things? Well, I want you to remember this. The Bible tells us that John the Baptist was filled with the Spirit. And when we look at the life of John the Baptist, he spoke boldly the Word of God. He he was, he was salt, he was light, he did that. He, he was honest and trustworthy. The qualities that we just read about were in his life. Uh, Jesus said he was the greatest man that ever lived John stood boldly before a group of people who thought they were religious and said to them you need to repent he was honest he was bold about the Word of God he was morally pure you remember he went before Herod and 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 uh, condemned his immorality and it could, it condemned his, his wicked lifestyle and said you need to change these things and because of that he was thrown in jail I mean he was filled with the spirit he was controlled by the spirit he sought first the kingdom he, uh, he, he would preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand he was living not for the earthly things but for the things of heaven he was spirit filled he was able to live these things Why? Because he was filled with the Spirit. John was filled with the Spirit. Not only was he filled with the Spirit, look in verse 41 of of Luke chapter 1. The Bible says this, And it came to pass, after Mary. it was announced that Mary was going to have a baby. Mary heard that Elizabeth was pregnant and she was 6 months pregnant at this time. And the Bible says that, that, that the Bible says that Mary went down to visit Elizabeth and to see Elizabeth and to, just uh, just to, to 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 interact with her cousin. And the Bible says and it came to pass in verse 41 that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, Mary comes up to to see Elizabeth, when she heard it, the babe who was filled with the Spirit, John the Baptist, in his mother's womb, uh, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. So this is the second person we read about in in uh, the book of Luke the first person that's filled with the Spirit from his mother's womb is John the Baptist and then, and then the second person was Elizabeth herself the Holy Spirit of God filled her and um, this is a very unusual thing because this doesn't take place in the Old Testament but it's taking place here he's he fills with the Holy Spirit and look what the next thing that happened the Bible says and she spake out with a loud voice and bless and said blessed art thou among women blessed is the fruit of thy womb and from from whence is it unto me that i should that that the mother of my lord should come unto me and she goes on and on about how wonderful it is and how blessed mary is and she says these wonderful things and then she pronounces the good news of, of christ's birth and she magnifies the lord in fact uh, we don't have time to read all of it, but let me just give you just a summary. The Bible says she was filled with the Spirit. The Bible says she preached the good news. She preached uh, about the Lord Jesus Christ. She, She blessed Mary. That is, she said how wonderful Mary was. She magnified the Lord. In verse 46, the Bible says, and Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit doth rejoice in my Savior. She magnified the Lord. That is, she lifted Him up. That's what that's what we're supposed to do. Uh, she she had the fruit of the spirit. She was joyful. She was happy. She was thrilled. And not only that. Look at verse forty-eight. The Bible says, "For for he hath he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaid." Now this is Mary speaking, but she was humble. All of these are the qualities that we talked about, that Jesus talked about in the Sermon on the Mount. And we're seeing it demonstrated by John the Baptist. We're seeing it demonstrated by his mother. Both of them filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Then there's another person that's filled with the Spirit. Look in uh, verses, um, uh, and I just mentioned this, uh, Zacharias was filled with the Spirit. Zacharias uh, couldn't talk for nine months, but after nine months... He writes down on a piece of paper, uh, his name shall be called John. And now, the Bible says, in verse 67, it says, And he and his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Ghost, and he began to prophesy. He began to preach. And what he, what, what he did is he preached, first of all. Secondly, he blessed the Lord. That is, he spoke well of the Lord. And then, and then the Bible says he was happy. He had the fruit of the Spirit. He was blessed. So what I'm saying is this. We have these commandments by Jesus at the beginning of his ministry. He says, this is how you're supposed to live. I want you to live this way. We can come before, we can hear that message. We can read all of what Jesus said there in the um, Sermon on the Mount and say, okay, that's the way I'm supposed to live. That's the way I'm going to live. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I can do this. I'm going to live this way. But the problem is you can't. You can't live that way. You can't do those things. You're gonna get mad at your brother, you're gonna get mad at your sister, you're gonna get mad at your wife, you're gonna get mad at your husband, you're gonna get depressed, you're not gonna wanna witness, you're not gonna want to speak the truth, you're not gonna wanna do those things, there's gonna be times in your life you're just gonna wanna say, I don't wanna do anything, you wanna stay at home, I wanna turn on the TV and watch the Twilight Zone. That's what I wanna do. And, and, and there's going to be times that you just want to disobey. You're not going to want to work. You're, want, you're going to want to take. You're, going, you're not going to want to give. You're, you're going to want the praise of man. All of that is part of you because that's part of your flesh. So how, how do you do what Jesus wants you to do? The answer is found here in Zacharias and in Elizabeth and in John. The only way you can do that is be filled with the Holy Spirit of God you need just like they needed in order to do what God wants you to do you have to understand that you cannot be you cannot be a Christian but Christ can be a very good Christian and Christ living in you can do wonderful things that you could never do yourself yet you can stop lying yes you can speak the truth you can become temperate you can become self-controlled not through your own abilities but by surrender to the Holy Spirit of God. You need to come to a point like John the Baptist, like Elizabeth, and and like Zacharias, where you are filled with the Spirit of God. So you say, well, that's good. So how how do you get filled with the Holy Spirit? How do you get filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you go to a Benny Hinn uh, uh, crusade and go upstairs. Or go when he when he says, "Everybody come down here." That you go up there, and then he lines you up and smacks you uh, on you, on your head, and you fall over, and then you do shaking on the ground, and you're slain in the spirit. Is that what it means to be filled with the spirit of God? Oftentimes, wonder how bad is that guy's breath to go up and go, and the guy falls over. I mean, that's bad. <coughs> it's a it's a horrible thing. Uh, is that what it means to be filled with the spirit of God? Is it is it is that the crazy stuff? Is that what you're telling me to do? That that's not it at all. The Bible tells us what it means to be filled with the Spirit of God. In John 3, three, Jesus said, in, in order to, be, to see the kingdom of God, you have to be born again. That means, very simply, you have to get saved. You have to get saved. Now, uh, I don't know if this is going to be on here. Yeah, there's our little diagram. Our little diagram is this. When you were, before you were saved, the Bible says you were lost. You had a body and a soul, but your spirit was dead. You're dead spiritually. That is the way everybody is. When you're born into the world, you're born with a body and a soul, but your spirit is dead. You're separated from God, unable to get to heaven. Now, when you come to Jesus and you say, Jesus, I know you're, I'm a sinner. I believe that you are God I believe you died now listen to this hold this you say how can i can come to jesus if i'm spiritually dead the bible says god is a spirit they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth now watch this watch the bible tells us that god became a man he took on human flesh he became a body he was already soul he was already spirit but god took on a human body when you got saved this is how you got saved You called on the name of the Lord. Jesus said, Anybody who comes unto me, I will in no wise cast out. You came not to the Father to get saved, you came to Jesus. That's why the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, the name of the Lord is Jesus. You came to to Jesus, and your body, with your body, your spirit was dead, your spirit couldn't talk to the Father, because in order to talk to the Father, according to John chapter 4, you must be spiritually alive. If you're going to come to God, you must come to Him in spirit and truth, but your spirit's dead, you can't come to Him. So what do you do? With your body, you call to jesus you say lord jesus i know i'm a sinner i know i'm i i know i deserve to go to hell i know i'm spiritually dead but i know that you died in my place you f- died physically you were buried and physically you rose from the dead and now you're seated at the right hand of god the father and so jesus i'm coming to you and i'm asking you to give me eternal life and when you do that Jesus in heaven says to God the Father, and the Bible tells us that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God the Father. Jesus says to God the Father, would you send the Holy Spirit down? Dave Tice just asked me to give him spiritual life. So Father, would you send my Holy Spirit down to come into his body? And when you do that, the Bible says God the Father sends his Holy Spirit and gives you spiritual life. In Ephesians, and I think this is in your notes, in Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible says, And you that were dead in trespasses and sin, now hath he quickened. Let me read it to you so that I don't misquote it. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. So there you were, you were dead, but he made you alive. Now you're spiritually alive now. Now. You can go directly to the Father. Why? Because now you're spiritually alive. And they that worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Now you can go directly to the Father uh, because of what Jesus Christ did for you. He gave you that spiritual life. He said to the Father, would you send the Spirit? The Spirit came, gave you spiritual life. By the way, if we were to do this Uh, legitimately we would have to say we would have to put the spirit around that body soul and spirit and say the spirit now controls or is is inhabiting all of you he lives inside of you so when you got saved the, the very first thing you have to do to become spirit filled is you have to get saved At the moment you get saved, as soon as you call upon Jesus, you are born again of the Spirit, and He comes to live inside of you. But that doesn't mean you're spirit-filled. That just means you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. At the moment you got saved, He came to live inside of you. Now, being controlled by Him is totally different than being... Or being filled by Him is, being, is different than being uh, having Him live inside of you. You must, the Bible says, be daily filled with the Holy Spirit. You must daily ask Him to fill you. Well, He's already living inside of you. Yeah, but you, the idea of filling is that He's got every part of you controlled. He's living inside of you. Ephesians. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18 says, Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So here God con- 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 compares being filled with the Spirit of God as being controlled by alcohol. You're, instead of, uh, I, got, I have wine, if I drink enough wine, if I have a bottle of wine up here and I start drinking it, and I just keep drinking it, and I keep drinking it, the more I drink it, the more it controls me. Now, if I stop drinking the wine, a, little, a few things will happen. First, I'll be stumbling around, then I'll fall asleep, then I'll wake up and I'll have a head-throbbing headache. Uh, isn't that the way it is, Curtis? Okay, so, uh, and, uh, and then uh, I'll have this throbbing headache, and then I wake up with this throbbing headache, and then I, I drink some coffee or do whatever, and, and finally it goes away. Then it's not controlling me. In order to stay drunk, I have to keep on drinking. I have to keep drinking and keep drinking and keep drinking. It's something that I must do perpetually. It's not something that just happens, and then I stay drunk the rest of my life. Uh, And God's comparing the filling of the Holy Spirit with being drunk with wine. You fill yourself up with wine, and the more you fill, the more it controls you. It controls your tongue, it controls what you say, it controls your emotions, it controls what you. It, it, uh, your, your inhibitions go away, you say things and do things that you would never normally say, and uh, that because it's controlling you. God wants to control you. He says don't let, don't let alcohol control you, don't let wine control you, surrender to the control of the Holy Spirit of God day by day day by day I I drive down the road Um, whenever I'm driving down the road my wife is with me then I have the option I can either let her tell me how to drive or ignore her do you understand this you understand if any husbands understand this okay so you can you're driving down the road and she says David look at and she's looking like six miles ahead and she says the cars are about to stop you need to put on your brakes and like it's six miles towards and so I I, she's there now listen she's there I can either listen to her and put on the brakes or say uh I say, no, I'm not going to listen. I smash into the back of the car. Uh, so here's the deal. Uh, she's there. She's with me. When you got saved, the Spirit of God came to live inside of you. But you can either say, uh, I'm going to listen to you, and I'm going to obey you, or I'm not going to listen, and I'm going to do my own thing. The, at the moment you got saved, you, the Spirit of God came to live inside of you. But surrendering to Him daily and allowing Him to control you is a totally different thing. I've told you the story of me uh, driving uh, through New York City. I had, a, I had a GPS with me. I had it in the form of, uh, of um, uh, uh, thank you, OnStar. I, I had, so I had OnStar in this car, and... and I had it there. I knew it was there. I didn't know it was there. First of all, a lot of Christians don't realize the Holy Spirit's living inside of you. And and I didn't know that I was in a car that had OnStar. I didn't know what OnStar was. But once I understood what OnStar was, it's there primarily to give you direction. When 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 I said, okay, I'll do whatever OnStar says to do, I got to where I needed to go, and I didn't get off track on stairs there to give you direction when you get saved the Spirit of God lives inside of you but you have to surrender you have to know he's there first of all and then you have to surrender to his control and that's where God says be filled with the Spirit so number one you've got to be saved you there has to be a time you come and ask Jesus to save you then his spirit comes to live inside of you then he wants to give you direction but you have to daily be filled with his spirit and then when, when, when you surrender when you when you say Lord I want you to be I want to be filled with your spirit you have to surrender to him every day in fact it's not just a day by day thing sometimes it can be a moment by moment thing in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2 it says I beseech you therefore since you're ch- since you're children of God since you're holy since you've been made his since you're here to represent him since you're members of the kingdom of God then since that's true I beseech you I'm begging with you Paul says uh, uh, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What he's saying is this. You made a commitment. Some of you are teenagers that are in here tonight. I uh, made a commitment up at camp to live a certain way and to do a certain thing and to not do a certain thing, to live, to obey your parents, to do what's right, to stay pure. You made some commitments, but you can't do that yourself. You can't live that way yourself. So every day you have to come, you have to, you're saved that he's living inside of you, but you need to be filled every day. You need to say, Lord, I surrender to you. I give you my body today. Uh, there, there There are bad desires that Satan has in your body and that your body has. And you have to say, Lord, I surrender my body to you you know, I want to eat the wrong thing. I want to drink the wrong thing. I want to smoke the wrong thing. I want to do the wrong thing. I want to, I want to I'll be involved in wrong areas of life. God, I, can, I I, surrender to you. Some of you Sunday morning said, "You know what? I want to obey that list." But you can't do that because your, 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 your kids make you so angry. Your boss, you just want to, you just want to punch him. I was, I was preaching one day, and I was talking about not getting angry with people, and a guy who lived out in Pahrump, his name was Lonnie Childress, he lived out in Pahrump, he would drive all the way from Pahrump to Las Vegas to go to church because he liked my preaching, and, and, uh, uh, and I thought he was a man of great taste. And uh, uh, he, came, he came in and he sat right back in this back corner back here, we were, st- we were still in another building this is over 30 years ago. Uh, And uh, he he sat right back there and as soon as he came walking in, I turned around and I looked at him and I said, so, I see Lonnie's here. Lonnie, I don't care how upset you are, you cannot go to work tomorrow morning and punch your boss in the face. I don't care. And I was just, just off the wall saying that and then I went off. And afterwards he came up to me and he said, how did you know? I said, what are you talking about? He said, how did you know? Did my wife call you? Did What in the world? I said, what? He said, we were driving in for Perron, and the, the, the longer I drove, the more I thought about my boss and what happened to me this past Friday. And he said, I looked at my wife on the way in, and I said to her, we were just cresting over the mountain. I said, I don't care what happens tomorrow. I don't care if I keep my job. I don't care if I get fired. And and, and Lonnie was like a big tough he was a guy that taught judo and karate and all that stuff I mean he was just a tough guy he said I told my wife he said I don't care what else happens I don't care what happens to me when I walk into my office to, or to, 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 to my job on Monday first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna walk right up to my boss and I'm gonna punch him right in the face he said that's what I said to my wife he said then as I come in, I sit down, and you turn around and point your finger at me and tell me I can't, I can't punch my boss in the face. He said, did my wife, how did my wife tell you? I said, she didn't. God did, you wicked, vile thing. And, uh, uh, but but the, what I'm saying is this. We have to surrender daily to the con- control of the Holy Spirit because we can't do these things ourselves. There are things in our body that control us and you have to surrender to Him. So first you have to be saved. How do you get filled with the Holy Spirit? First you have to get saved. Secondly, you have to daily be filled with the Holy Spirit of God and you do that by daily surrendering to Him. Daily saying, Lord, I'm yours. Help me to do what you want me to do. I ask you to control me. Every day I say to the Lord, I say, Lord, please control my tongue. Help me to praise and thank and glorify and honor and bless. Help me not to complain or grumble or backbite or judge or blaspheme. Control my tongue so that I won't say the wrong things. I grew up, uh, I, I can be very sharp with my tongue. I can say very insulting things. Some of you know that, <laughs> Rob. And so, <clears throat> uh, I, I, and it's very easy for me to be unkind and so I, I saw this circle thing that had this thing about controlling my tongue, and I started praying it every single day so, so God would control me. I, I, I shared that with Crystal, Web, uh, Crystal Heath uh, when she was um, in charge of our... our, uh, our uh, she was interviewing me on, uh, uh, out at the radio, and she said, You pray that every single day? I said yes and she said really she said that's why you're so nice and I said that's exactly right because by deep down in my heart I am evil and wicked and I want to say all sorts of nasty things about people so I ask God to control me look you got to surrender to him daily D you need you must ask him to fill you you must ask him you say where do you get that in Luke chapter 13 he's Jesus is talking and he says if you then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Now, he's talking to us as his children. So this isn't how you get saved. You come to him and you say, Jesus, our heavenly Father, fill me with your Spirit today. Control me. I need you to control me. Because you know I'm not going to say the right thing. I'm not going to do the right thing. So control me. It's all part of being filled with the Spirit of God. So you want to be filled with the Spirit of God? You have to ask Him to fill you. And then what will happen when you ask Him to fill you, as soon as you do, He is going to start convicting you of sin. Lord, I want to confess to you. I I, I want to ask you to fill me with your Spirit. And He's going to say, Yeah, okay. You know what? You really mistreated your wife yesterday. You said some things you shouldn't have said. You need to confess that. Uh, you know you, you know what you looked at that you shouldn't have looked at on the internet, and and you need to confess that. You know you said something very unkind to your boss, and you need to confess that. You say why is that going to happen? Because God's not going to fill up a dirty vessel. And so the the next thing you're going to do is you must con- be willing to confess sin. Father, I want you to fill me. Okay, I'll fill you, but let me show you some things that are wrong in your life as soon as he begins to work in your life as soon as you're totally surrendered to him he's gonna show you things <clears throat> you know you doubt me you know you, you, are, you were worrying about something that's a lack of faith and, he's going to, and, and you're gonna to have to be honest with him the Bible says it this way if at that point if we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves well I don't think there's anything wrong with that then you're deceiving yourself um, uh, and His truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, when I say, "Lord, fill me," and then certain things start coming to my mind, oh, I'm, I don't have to feel guilty about that. No, God doesn't want you. God never wants you to feel guilty. He wants you to confess. He never wants you to feel guilty. He just wants you to start doing what's right. And what He'll do is He'll say, "You got to get. You got get this right. You got to get this right. You got to get this right." And and then He just wants you to be honest with Him. See, it's this honesty with God that that allows him to fill you with his spirit okay God you're right man you're right man. I shouldn't got depressed about that I I think too much about what people think God I confess that to you as soon as you surrender to him and ask him to control you he's gonna point out sin that you need to confess and then he'll pour his spirit into you because he's not gonna pour his spirit into a dirty vessel if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. But if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So God, we need to allow God to, to uh, show us those things and then just be honest with God. You don't have to go around confessing to everybody else in the world, just you and God. God, I, Just be honest with God. It's, by the way, it's a, it's a wonderful Wonderful thing to experience, and you can on a daily basis. You can experience the cleansing of God on a daily basis. I, I, I like taking showers, I like cleaning up, I like Irish spring soap. Uh, it's, it's, I like the smell of Irish, even after I wash, I mean, just put that stuff up in your nose and uh, smell that stuff. I like, I like coconut hair. Uh, shampoo. I, I, like, I, like, I like the smell of it. And it's, just, I, it's nice to get clean and you say oh, I feel clean. You need to do that physically but you need to do that spiritually and how you do that is you just get honest with God every day and you know what you do as you're, as you're before the Lord and you say Lord I confess this to you and I confess that to you. You know what he does? He just cleanses you and you just feel like wow it's wonderful and you know what you want to do? You want to start praising the Lord. Again, you just want to say, Lord, you're wonderful. Thank you for loving me in spite of the fact that I did that and I did that. And, Father, I confess, and it's just a wonderful thing to get clean before God. But you've got to be willing to confess. And if you're not willing, if you're, if you're saying, nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong. I watched, this, I watched this R-rated movie, and, yeah, there was all sorts of stuff on there, but I'm a mature a believer, and I can handle garbage and filth and slime of this world. Uh, no, you just get honest with God say, yeah, God, that really didn't honor you, did it. It really didn't honor you. And then you're just honest with God. So be willing to confess your sin. And then, uh, then <clears throat> you may now choose to walk in the Spirit. You've got to now at this point, once you've got you cleaned up, you're, you're, you're saying, oh, fill me. Now you have to make a choice. Now, because your body's not staying there on the altar, you get up. And now you've got to, you've got to begin to walk with the Lord and you have to choose to walk in the Spirit in Jeremiah's day Jeremiah called them to walk with God the Father God to walk with Jehovah God but the Bible says this in Jeremiah's day Jeremiah said God said this evil people which refuse to hear my words this is God speaking to Jeremiah which walk in the imaginations of their heart and walk after other gods to serve them and to worship them shall even be as this girdle. God had told Jeremiah, take this, the word girdle just means belt, take this old leather belt and go and bury it. He, he made him take a long trip, bury this belt, leave it there for six months or a year, I can't remember the exact amount of time. Then he said, go back and, and get the belt, dig it up, and look at it. It was all rotted and all all gross. He said, he said, these people who won't walk with me but walk in the imaginations of their own heart and after their own gods are like this filthy belt it's good for nothing that's the way we are when we say nope not gonna walk in the spirit no I'm making the choice I'm gonna do what I want to do I'm gonna live for for what I want I'm gonna feed my flesh and the Bible says in their day they lost everything they went into Babylonian captivity because they were gonna do it their way Galatians chapter 5 and verse, uh, verse 25 says if we live in the Spirit since, since we live in the Spirit since we have the Spirit of God living in us then let us also walk in the Spirit this is like a daily choice it's something you choose every day every day am I gonna am I gonna be drunk with wine or am I gonna be filled with or controlled by the Spirit I'm gonna walk in the Spirit then you say there's one more thing you need to do you must daily feed the spirit so your spirit is stronger than your flesh because here's the deal If we went back to that early diagram you would see that you still have a body soul and spirit your body the Bible says according to Romans 8 and verse 23 your body is not yet redeemed your body still sins your body is still corruptible your body is still mortal and it wants all the things of this world that's why that's why th- th- this afternoon, th- there was a. And Rob, I'm sorry for mentioning you one more time, and I, I please forgive me, but it's a it's a it's a terrible thing, when you're in your office studying the Word of God, trying to do what God wants you to do, and somebody texts you a picture, of a whole box filled of coconut, and uh, and then an apple fritter, from from Pinkston. It would you agree that's a wicked sinful thing to do? It's a wicked wicked do you. You brought one. <laughs> are you going to eat it in front of me or show it to me? Anyway, um, uh, the, uh, <laughs> you, have to, you have to, in order to, to walk in the Spirit, you have to determine to feed the Spirit more than feed the flesh. Because you, 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 your flesh your flesh is still alive. It's not redeemed. It wants all of those things that are of this world. It wants the immorality. It wants the drunkenness. It wants vaping. It wants uh, drugs. It wants the things of this world. It wants all of that. And you have to decide, I'm either either, going to feed my flesh or I'm going to feed my spirit. And if you're feeding your flesh, then your flesh is going to be that which controls you. Peter said it this way. He said you've got to flee sin and you've got to feed sin. The Spirit. This has got to be something that you choose to do. Uh, I've got it written down in there. Look at what it says. It says in First Peter chapter two and verses one and two. Wherefore, laying aside all malice, you've got to. You've got to. In order to feed yourself the right things, you've got to lay certain things aside. You lay aside malice and guile and hypocrisy and envies and all and all evil speaking and then like newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby you have got to determine to flee the flesh and and live in the spirit first uh, corinthians chapter six says flee that is run from fornication you don't you don't have a conversation Somebody about whether you're going to do this or you're not going to do this, you flee. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. So you run from sexual sin. You do like Joseph did. Potiphar said, I want you. Potiphar's wife said, I want you. I want you. I want you. And then she grabbed him and he said, You can have my coat, but you can't have me. And he ran out the door. He got thrown in jail for two years uh, because of it. But that was okay. That was okay. Because he stayed morally pure. You've got to run from things. Second Timothy chapter two says, flee also youthful lust. That's not just talking about sexual sin. That's talking about the desires of your young flesh. Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord. Flee your youthful desires. Run from them. Our our culture is Says no, hang on to the youth. Hang on to your youthful desires. Hang on. Man, if you're if you're losing your masculinity, go take a pill. If you're whatever, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on to the youthful desires. And and God's word says no. Flee that. Flee that. Learn, learn to walk in the spirit. Allow the spirit to control you. In first Timothy, the Bible says, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which some coveted after they have erred from the faith they pierced themselves through with many sorrows but thou O oh man listen O oh, oh man of God flee these things what the love of money covetousness flee them things and follow after righteousness godly faith uh, love patience so flee the love of money flee youthful desires flee sexual sin that's what you do and when you do these things You're you're submitting yourself to God, and God says this, that if we submit ourselves and resist Satan, Satan will flee from us. Uh, James says it this way, Submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. You know that verse says a whole lot? It says this, that there's always constantly the temptation. There's always constantly the devil. There's the, the... Paul says it this way, there is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. It's common to be tempted to do the wrong thing. It's a common thing out there. So what you have to do, it's as though, it's, it's a, as though, it's as though Satan is right here, and God is right here, and your flesh is in the middle. And Satan is saying, come, do this thing. And so what do you do? You turn around and say, okay, I can take you, buddy. Let's put up your dukes and, and, man, I'll show you what I can do. Is that what you do? No, the Bible doesn't say to do that. You cannot fight Satan. And that's another mistake that a lot of people make. They try to fight Satan in their own flesh. I'll take you on. I can handle you. You old slew foot thing. You just wicked thing. You're a vile thing. And, and we think we can take Satan on. You can't. Here's what God's word says that we're supposed to do. In order to, in order to, be, to, to, to win against him, you don't, you don't say let's fight. You turn around from him and you submit yourself to God. And when you submit to God, you get out of God's way. The devil is here now. God is here and God's bigger than him. If you'll just get out of the way, submit yourselves to God, and at the same time you're submitting to God, you're turning away, you're resisting the devil, and he's going to flee from you. Why? Because he's afraid of you? No, your back is turned to him. He's afraid of the one you're kneeling before. And Satan has to flee. That is why it's so important that we understand this thing about being filled with the Spirit. John the Baptist, the one that was sent to announce the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, was filled with the Spirit. His father was filled with the Spirit. His mother was filled with the Spirit. And they did amazing things in the name of God. Why? Because they were strong and mighty and powerful and could beat the devil? No. But because they learned how to submit to God, they surrendered to Him. They asked Him to fill them. And they, they were filled with the Spirit. They were controlled by the Spirit. And they were able to overcome the desires of the flesh. You will never be able to live What Jesus taught uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, you'll never be able to live the way God wants us to live unless daily you learn to submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and so he'll flee from you until you learn to daily surrender to the control of the Holy Spirit of God. So tonight I would encourage you, if you've recently made decisions to do what God wants you to do, submit yourself to the Lord, surrender to Him, and tell Him, I need you to control me. Because if he's controlling you, then you can live as salt and light in this world representing God. Let's pray. Father, help us to take the truth that we've heard. Help us to apply it to our lives. If there's somebody here that's not saved tonight, I pray for their salvation. And I ask this in Jesus' name. We hope that message was an encouragement to your heart. Now for weekly updates and for information about Liberty Baptist Church, be sure to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC of Las Vegas. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, God bless.